the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025 or online, LawnDoctor.com. A lot more summer ahead plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call for a free quote today, 401-392-1025. Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's LawnDoctor.com or call today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. It's Tuesday, September 7th. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. Well, some of the news, especially the news on... Mayor Alorza and who he's promoting. You can read about it on the website, dipetro.com. You know, when he talked about reimagining policing, uh, you know, and the whole, it's almost kind of become a joke about sending in a social worker and some of the different dangerous scenarios within people almost make light, you know, oh yeah, somebody's got a gun there, send in the social worker. Well, he, he's actually, this is beyond abuse of the office with this friend of his that he's trying to promote and he's taking advantage and gaming the system there's a friend of mayor Lorza who happens to be african-american mayor Lorza is friends with him he has uh, this man michael stevens who again nothing against him personally but he is a, a top college basketball ref and very widely uh, respected in that regard however he's also as you can he's a little he's older and he's having knee problems and right now from what i understand he can't uh can't ref college games and so he's been running rec leagues in the city he runs the mayor's golf tournament again by all accounts um this is someone that um you know is a quality individual but mayor lords has decided to make him a major in the providence police department and that's a i know i don't expect everyone to know the different ranks and which one's over what but um, the position of major, you can't take a test for that. That's an appointed position. And there have been outcries within the African-American community to put someone of color as a major. And it's my understanding that there were several uh, people that did go for these positions that were open. But instead, he's decided to take his friend and make him a major. He has no police background. He will not wear a uniform. He has no arrest power. He will not carry a weapon. Uh, this is an insult to the men and women of the police department. This is abuse of the mayor, the uh, office of mayor. And a lot of it, it almost seems as if he's able to get away with it because of the fact that this is someone who's a person of color. Uh, you know, how would this be looked upon if, in fact, he was then just you know taking uh a f again he's a friend of his and nothing against this person there are civilian positions you want someone that's going to interact with the police department on behalf of the community and uh, deal with them some way and work with civilians and work with people and and youth i mean i think that is fine but you don't make that person and give them a position of authority within the police department this puts him above many of the men and women that have you know going through the training and qualified and then maybe even move their way up the rank you have people that then become a detective or someone that takes the test and becomes a sergeant and then men and women that take the test and become a lieutenant and then later in their career um take the test and rise to the rank of captain and what mayor lords basically did was just the highest level you can go is the rank of of major and it's not a test you have to be appointed and he did it through the power i think total abuse of power of being the mayor of providence mayor city hall so it's it's a disgrace you know part of it is we shouldn't be surprised because this is someone that never should have been elected mayor he thinks he's a community activist he's been a, a failure tremendously 
And on top of that, he also wants to be the next governor. So by all accounts, the person that he's made the major, uh, I would imagine that if you want to run for governor, this would be a good person to have in your camp. If you want to run for governor, which he does, meaning Mayor Lorza, and you're trying to get votes within the African-American community, if you want to get young people of color, maybe to volunteer in your campaign, you, you appoint someone like this who's been involved with the summer leagues, knows a lot of young people, rec leagues. Think of if you were, you know, 18, 19, 20, and somebody that was your coach, someone that you've known for a while, someone that maybe you knew from age 10 or 12, and, you know, he, uh, you know, spoke and is like an authority figure and then says, hey, we'd love to have you come out and help out and volunteer on this campaign. I could see that would be a very effective. I'm not saying it'd be the first time a coach tried to get some former players to you know come under their wing but i think what's different this time is that's it's so transparent why Merrill lords is doing this and the media is very hesitant simply because you know you're, you're seeing look at the example of the governor's chief of staff white male and basically the media just teed up and went to town on tony silva but definitely a little more hesitancy to go after a person of color who was just given a title and promotion within the Providence Police Department of which they have no business being there. And again, he just doesn't have the background for it. There's different positions. I want to credit and give credit to Councilman John Igliosi, who's spoken out about it. But um, it's, it's make no mistake about it. It's abuse of power, abuse of his office by Mayor Alorza. Now, another story that's worth keeping an eye on, and that is this mandate with the healthcare workers. And regardless of what you think about their position, these are frontline workers and they're facing a vaccine mandate. If, according to Governor McKee, if they don't receive the vaccine by October 1st, they're going to be terminated. I think regardless of what people, you may agree with them, you may disagree with them, but they're professionals. They have been out there. Uh, they did have to work during COVID. I believe at the very least they deserve to be heard. And there should be communication between them and the mayor's, uh, the governor's office, excuse me, and the Department of Health. And seemingly there's been none. They are not heard on this. Um, they, in some ways, I'll say, you know, they are kind of treated like second class citizens. Uh, it seems wildly unfair that these people are about to potentially, it seems that way, lose their jobs and no one is sitting down and talking to them i'm very i am i'm surprised that dr nicole alexander scott and governor mckee have not made a more concerted effort especially just to hear some people out a lot of times if people have a grievance if people have a gripe a lot of times they just want to be heard and maybe by doing that and venting or maybe maybe uh the governor or they may great get more insight into what you know they're objecting to with the uh, department of health they may get more insight or maybe they could provide them information to make them feel better about their situation whatever it may be i i am very surprised that their reaction is basically the answer is you're getting it because we said so that's it no discussion no talk do that or you're terminated that is not what we have seen with any other group no other group has had to face that you know folks as i've said during the pandemic as someone that was there for all these gubernatorial briefings the state governor Mundo at the time they would bend over backwards for people that are in the country illegally they're afraid of the testing we need you to get tested made sure there was a fund to get the money during the pandemic holding their hand through it couldn't have done more above and beyond uh for testing in central falls and translators and uh having people say don't be nervous about people in uniform that are there you're not going to be deported we're going to get your money we're going to get you uh tested then we'll get you the vaccine but you certainly don't see any empathy like that for the frontline workers so uh but i don't know where this is going to go i don't know where this is going to go we do know that especially a lot of the nursing homes they cannot afford to have a shortage and lose workers I think uh, it's, a, it's a dangerous scenario that they're gambling with right now. So, again, um, the clock is ticking. It's a big week with the anniversary of September 11th. 
but uh, closer to home, uh, some decisions need to be made. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This summer, let J.K.L. Engineering keep you and your family nice and cool. J.K.L. Engineering, call them today, 401-351-7600. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. J.K.L., it's going to be a hot summer ahead. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Remember, with J.K.L., 54 years in business, reputation is second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved National Grid VPI installer. They're also a Navian certified factory dealer. Call J.K.L. for a system replacement, oil to gas for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available this summer. Call J.K.L. Engineering right now. Remember, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool. Call J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, a carrier factory authorized dealer. It's J.K.L. Call them 401-351-7600. This summer, stay nice and cool with J.K.L. Engineering. 401-351-7600. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is DePietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me right now, he is the managing editor, AnchorRising.com. It's Justin Katz. And Justin, uh, boy, media bias to me, really on display this weekend. Let's start off with you have have frontline workers who, uh, there were many of them, and it's several hundred. Uh, at least that are coming out to these rallies. But uh, Saturday, they had a big day at the hospitals. And then Sunday, uh, Saturday night, they were at water fire. And Governor McKee was trying to, well, actually would not acknowledge them and was just trying to say this is a salute to the frontline workers. And um, it was really incredible, the lack of, they had a, a large amount there. They're looking for a meeting with the governor. Uh, they basically ignored them. He then did not go down and light the torch, which was had been the plan. But um, but, but boy, the media, they were like going out of the way to not even want to acknowledge that there were hundreds of people there that are these frontline healthcare workers who are protesting the vaccine mandate by Governor McKay. It's it's pretty uh, pretty stunning, especially considering that the the event at Waterfire was dedicated to the frontline workers. Right. Uh, the the news media that did mention them 
uh, that I saw were WPRI and uh, the Providence Journal tacked a paragraph at the end of their stories on water fire. And the, the contrast was incredible. It, it made me think of a discussion we had some time ago before the election of there were Trump rallies and the news media would go and, and find some bystander to interview and, uh, and say bad things about Trump. Uh, and that would be the, the thrust of the story. So the, the whole story of this pro-Trump event would be the one or two protesters on the side yes. who, who didn't yep. like him. Here, it was the, it was kind of tacked at the end. The journalists didn't didn't go, you know, and you could picture them going to somebody who's just part of the audience and saying, what do you think of this? Does, does this contrast with the, the uh, you know, get maybe some public per- person in the public would say, I agree, they shouldn't be forced to do it. Or maybe the other such an obvious part of the story it, it's it's pretty surprising that they they didn't they didn't do it and it does it just it does show that bias at the same time the same reporter for wpri had a has a full page a full article on on an anti-gun march uh which had a few dozen people went to the state house and then left that gets a full full report yeah. on its own but frontline workers at a at a frontline uh an event dedicated to frontline workers just get almost no coverage at all tacked on the story. It's, it's, it's really shows how distorted the picture we get of, of events is and also how difficult it is, how the cards are stacked against anybody who's not part of that kind of insider establishment club that all agrees on all of the, the right things you're supposed to believe. Uh, there, it's just very hard for them to get any traction for this reason. And uh, Channel 12, they wouldn't want to step farther. They basically rewrote, the, uh, excuse me, pre-wrote the story and what the story could have been because they have Governor McKee then led the frontline workers down to march and start the Well, actually, he didn't. And that deserves an explanation of maybe on why he did not. They sent Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos, who's not as easily identifiable as the governor because i mean as i was there he's tall and he's got you know the, the white gray type here whereas she kind of there were there were several women and they all have the masks on so you really can't it didn't jump out at me like oh wow there's the lieutenant governor but but channel 12 wrote the story saying that and they issued his statement and that's like the classic you you write the story actually before the event even happens so it begged a bigger story of it seemed that he did not go and do that because the protesters are there. Now, that's a story. And this is, um, you know, under the guise of news, Justin Katz, this this is different. This is, you know, a mandate coming in uh, October 1st is the deadline and these people are going to lose their jobs. This is something very much out of the ordinary and newsworthy compared with, you know, several people gather for gun violence and as much as they say 500 there weren't 500 people at that <laughs> state house that was, that was the name of the close. group <laughs> yeah that's the name of the group so i thought it was very much on display and if someone was there they made their impact very strong saturday night these frontline workers that went there to protest governor mckee yeah, well, you, you can tell what the, the media narrative is. Uh, Kathy Gregg from the Providence Journal uh, earlier in the week, last week, had, had said something. That the she, she was tweeting that that the frontline workers, the, the I call them vaccine freedom uh, people, had, were storming the statehouse trying to get in. I mean, obviously evoking January 6th. Uh, and, and that sort of idea. So th- you can tell the, the news media has put them in the category of, you know, uh, us crazy conservatives, yes. partiers, QAnon, that's who they are. Uh, even though, if, I mean, some of the signs, if, I, I have antibodies, why do I need a vaccine? You know, that's, that's a good question. You know, yeah. uh, that's a legitimate complaint, but those, those sorts of things are not, are not conveyed. And, and I think the point of McKee avoiding them is, is made even stronger. A lot of their, their sign sketch of McKee. I mean, they're, they're targeting him because it's his yeah. executive order. That's going to put them out of work during a nurse shortage, by the way, yeah. uh, the, the whole idea, the whole thing is just it, it show indicative of the bias and the bias is needed because it's just so obvious how you would go about this if your goal really were to respect freedoms in the context of public health. There are so many things you could do, like requiring uh, more stringent masks if you don't want to be vaccinated, 
or, or repurposing people, put them in a new, a, an area where they can be helpful, but not necessarily interacting with patients if you're that concerned. That would be really the, the, the kind of solution you would look for if you were trying to, to manage a, a public health challenge. But we're, we're beyond that. It's entirely ideological and political. And that's why you get this bias, because they want this story to go away. The story has to be people complying, except for crazy people who, who, are, who are dying and taking horse medicine, which was another uh, scandal for the news media nationally that you know, Rolling Stone and others are, are essentially making up stories of people overdosing on, on uh, I can't pronounce it, but the, the medicine that people are taking for COVID that's oh, a right. variation is also used for Ivetermessin or something like that, yes. uh, also used for, for horse, uh, horses. Uh, the, that's, that's the media. It's like, it's like, a, like a command goes out. Here's the story. Anybody who's taking this medicine, like Joe Rogan, is crazy and a conservative wacko. And anybody who's not is, is peaceful and wonderful. And, and so let's ignore the crazy people unless we can portray them as crazy. And it's, it's really a, a disservice. And it's, it's good that, that you were covering it because I think a lot of people wouldn't even have known the extent of it if you weren't. Yeah. And on top of that, I'll even go to Saturday. They had and, and they had an even larger crowd, I thought. They, there were several hundred people at the hospitals. And they were they would march and they would stop in front of each building. At first it was just the hospital security. I would say as the then march was going along, this was for two hours. They were first just in front, then they started to march. I counted at least ten to twelve Providence police. And Justin, what really surprised me, then at one point, then at the end, they were blocking, the police were blocking the entrance and wouldn't let them go back up in front of the hospital the way they had done earlier. I, I mean, I've seen where they'll have less than 10 people at the state house, and it's for someone that was shot in another state. But if it's Black Lives Matter, it's all of the media, let alone you and I have talked about the overkill and the, the amount of over-the-top coverage of the sales street protest these are like three to four hundred workers nurses everything else i've never seen a protest like that where it wasn't a strike where they're protesting the mandate even where it really becomes an element is they had to call in providence police because it was seemingly maybe too much for the hospital security and you know there was there was no coverage there at all i mean there was not not one television station there and as someone that has covered these, I mean, it. I've seen less than 10 people and you have all three television cameras there. And yet here was Saturday and you literally had hundreds of healthcare workers and not one television camera. Yeah, well, I mean, that's even in these these recent protests, they won the one we were just talking about, the, the, the quote unquote 500 mother march yeah. uh, that was for against gun violence. In the video of that from the Providence Journal, you can see the the videographers from the stations following them along with their with their big heavy cameras um they're there covering that but as your video of the the water fire protest showed the protesters actually were up in front of cameras talking yeah. into them i didn't see that footage anywhere i mean where where was that coverage they made it very easy for them but this is it's it's kind of par for the course and what's crazy was really strange about is how how pervasive it is i mean it makes me think in in france there are major uh protests against uh, vaccine mandates uh huge protests and you wouldn't know it unless you follow kind of alternative media because it's right. just not the story they want to convey they don't want people to start feeling like maybe i'm not alone the purpose is to make you feel like yes you are alone go do what we say that's kind of what they're they're there to convey and it's it's they ignore a lot of things that are obvious news in order to convey that that message folks we're going to take a quick break a lot more politics this week with justin katz managing editor anchorising.com right here on the john DePietro show mega truck and trailer appear call them today commercial trailers diesel equipment serving rhode island and massachusetts 508-336-2110 508-336-2110 for mega 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 truck and trailer repair as i said commercial trailers diesel equipment free estimates fhwa inspections and rhode island state inspection station trailer pickup and delivery 24-hour mobile service serving rhode island and massachusetts it's mega truck and trailer repair call them today 
336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, mega truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's mega truck and trailer repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Calvino, call for a free consultation today, 401-785-9400, or online, fightbackcalljack.com, where you or a friend or a member of your family in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, fight back, Call Jack, free consultation, 401-785-9400. 50 years personal injury law experience and his office, 100 years combined total with the staff. Fight back. Call Jack, 401-785-9400. It would be great if you were in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall workplace injury, and the other person's insurance company offered to compensate you what they should but it doesn't happen that way. You need a fighter. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation. 401-785-9400. Jack Calvino. 401-785-9400. Or online, fightbackcalljack.com. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com. Justin, I thought last week, again, now, because of the timing, I was unable to go, but here you have um, Governor McKee, and they do kind of taking the Thursday COVID briefing on the road. And so this time they were down at URI. Well, I'll give credit to the Providence Journal. They, the day of the governor down there, um, the journal breaks a story that, number one, all th- three just state colleges, uh, Rhode Island College, CCRI, URI, all have different criteria. For students that want to opt out of the vaccine, the, now the other colleges, Johnson and Wales is very lenient. PC Brown are very very strict to the point that if you're a PC and you want to check because of uh, a religious reason that you want to opt out of the vaccine, you have to write an essay, meet with the priest. I think. Well, anyhow, and you are right. It's as simple as just checking a box. Uh, you want an exemption because of uh, religion. And over 1,000 URI students, which is a huge number, have decided not to. And the governor's down there. And what really stood out to me was when asked about this, he said, uh, well, I, I spoke with the firefighter union people this morning. So he did speak with them, but there was no mention. He hasn't had any communication with the healthcare workers. And I think it was a missed opportunity for the media to point out of like it's 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 ridiculous. URI is going on the honor system with the students, and there's a clear breakdown. URI even said, well, the Department of Health gave us something from 2019 before the pandemic, and it was using like a, a template of measles. And just how absurd it is that the three, you know, local co- URI, Rhode Island College, CCRI, all have different forms and criteria, but I, I don't think they they highlighted it. And it, it just seems so the students are using the honor system, basically, but the frontline workers are on the verge of being terminated. Well, that, yeah, that, that is an interesting contrast. I think a, a lot of it just comes down to the sense that it's they know somewhere deep down that the threat of the virus is not what it's been made out to be. Um, and there's so there's no reason uh, students shouldn't be able to get an exemption, uh, particularly particularly as as I keep saying, if if you give alternatives like 
show you've got antibodies. You know, that, I mean, that might, that wouldn't cover everybody, but it would at least doing that would, would allow for you to say, honestly, our concern is people are being immune, not that they got some vaccine that a couple companies put out there. So that's the, the striking thing to me is just the, the, the consistency and the, the arbitrariness of it really does indicate this is not a considered approach to public health. It to political necessity, ideological necessity, uh, the pressure people are bringing to bear. Um, I'm, I'm almost surprised we haven't had another executive order from McKee forcing the students to get vaccinated. I know uh, Rhode Island political Twitter was all all in a, enraged at the idea that students going to college might might be able to make their own decisions about what drugs they put in their bodies. Um, so I, I'm kind of surprised you haven't already seen an executive order, but the inconsistency is, is really what, what, what does it, what does it for me. And I think we'll, we'll see that we saw with schools uh, opening and mask mandates and how it, there was oh, McKee said, well, we can't impose it. Then the state school board kind of did an end workaround, as they called it in the media, uh, to in order to impose a mask mandate on, on schools in Rhode Island. And then McKee issued an executive order uh, to that same effect afterwards. It's, it's really ad hoc and not considered. And another thing about his executive orders, none of them in their explanations give really any reason why it's necessary. They just kind of say, yeah, well, this is a bad thing and here we go. Uh, there's no data or no evidence of, a, of targeted children or anything like that. Uh, and so I, I think we really need to, to start considering and uh, there's another area, as you point out, the news media is not not pursuing stories that would start to bring that into relief. Yeah. And I'm very surprised, especially with the backdrop was that they were, you know, right there at URI. Um, and if they wanted to, it also just seems, you know, with CCRI, with, with giving the, the free tuition, if they wanted to, they could make that contingent that you only get it. If in fact, you know, you, They're still not doing a mandate on uh, state workers, even though the healthcare workers and then also, uh, you know, the firefighters started to threaten. Folks, we speak with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com. Our segment is politics this week. Just another story that jumped out, and I hope it stays alive, but um, we're really seeing the effects of when you have a progressive like Mayor Lorza, and he's given this verbiage of, you know, reimagining policing i've never seen anything like what he pulled last week which is basically there's this guy michael stevens who's a friend of his and they're pretty well-known friends i think they even went to school together uh or they've known each other for quite some time and he is uh he runs the rec program for the city runs the mayor's golf tournament he runs the basketball leagues um he's a person of color and mayor alorza announces last week he is promoting him to be a major a major in the providence police department that's one of authority that would make him one of the top six or seven in command and this is a paramilitary organization that's close to 450 people he would have uh, no arrest power no uniform he has no formal police training and yet he's going to be getting a six-figure salary as a major with the Providence police and it is uh, I, I don't blame the union is upset about it. I saw even um, I think it's a organization of there were African-American uh, officers that went for that job and he just decides he's just going to take one of his friends and put him in a, a big position. I mean, major is the highest appointed position. And then there's, you know, the number two commander, and then there's the chief. So um, talk about total, like to me, abuse of the system. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the union president, Michael Imondi, was really, I mean, he, he put it pretty well, I think, and it was harsh. He said, we have a mayor who has no qualifications to lead a city, and we see what's that done, what that's done to Providence. Uh, that's 
that's right on. <laughs> and it's, it's something we've been discussing all along since he was elected was wh where are this guy's qualifications? And I think it, it shows here. So even if you give him every benefit of the doubt, so this is, it, it seems it's part of this defund the police movement where we're, we're not going to have police, we're going to have social workers. And it, so there, this is part of that movement. Okay. Even if you grant that that might be an okay thing to do, and there are so many ways to go about it. You could have a civilian position that interfaces with the police. Yep. You could have a police major who's come up through the ranks, who's doing it, who's working with a civilian. And even if you pick your friend, I mean, I know Jim Vincent of the of the Rhode Island P is on, seems to be on board with with this appointment. But so there there is some backing for it. But what's what's really stunning is that it was almost like a surprise at the end after it was a fait accompli. So you're going to do something you know is controversial. I mean, even the National Black Police Officers Organization has raised questions about this appointment. Right. And you, so you know this is coming. And if you don't, you really need to resign. But you know this is coming. You prep for it. You get everybody ready. This is the direction we're going. Let's have discussions. It's not going to be a surprise. You can come and tell me what you think about this. We'll figure it out. But you still, even now, you have the police chief out there going, after the guy's apparently been appointed saying we're going to look at what other cities have done and figured out how to figure out how this is going to work right. no I you do that. that beforehand yes I mean, it's just it's just mind-bogglingly inept and i but it does go to i think as you started out saying it kind of the, what you get with the progressive attitude you just they they know what's right because they're they're the righteous ones and they'll they'll just pursue it no matter what well we need them here's a the city council didn't give me a civilian position they gave me a, a major position so i'm just gonna thrust this person in there uh and i'm not gonna tell anybody about it and it, you know almost like better to say sorry than ask permission you know uh that's kind of almost like the mayor's attitude on this and it just seems it seems ludicrously out of step with how how a, an elected official ought to well, be acting when he when he's talked about reimagining policing i you know and we've heard the whole thing about social workers well this is different this is you take someone who has no police background at all uh put them in charge there's also two other elements and one is i think it can't be ignored as we know mayor lorza is in fact trying to capture the african-american vote especially in the city of providence where you know this gubernatorial run you take someone, uh, this individual, from what I understand, he's very plugged in. He runs all the rec leagues. He runs all the summer basketball leagues. You could see that if he was getting involved with the campaign, he could very easily tap into a lot of young people, uh, you know, whatever, 18 to 24 or somewhere in that age range or kids even maybe a little bit older than that or even younger. But in order to help coordinate with the campaign and within the story, I think it was Channel 10 or someone commented. They said Harrison Tuttle, Black Lives Matter PAC, he's on board. He's on board, thinks it's a step in the right direction. At no point do they mention that's the same person had held a rally and someone showed up with a handgun. That's the same person that said 20 children were nearly beaten to death on Sale Street. That's the same individual who then claimed white supremacists tried to burn down that house on Sale Street. Justin, they never hold... Someone like there's no context that maybe that's not the most credible person to get an opinion from. They never hold them accountable for any of their past either misstatements or actions. Yeah, and that that makes you think that might be why there's there's so little preparation. As I was just saying, the, the mayor did not come out with this beforehand, did not prepare the 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 battle space, so to speak, for this appointment. Uh, maybe it's almost like they get their advice from these activist organizations and and social media commentary, and, and that's what they think reality is. And so they go forward with that, and it's almost like they don't want to follow a normal protocol because then they might discover that that's not the public sentiment, and they really can't shouldn't go forward with what they intend to do. So they just ignore it and then, and then hide behind statements after the fact. Um, you know, written statements rather than having press conferences and, and you know, running away from the mic, as you've seen the mayor do. Um, that that seems to be the strategy. And it's 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 really not what you do in a, a democracy. It's what you do in, in what we're getting with Black Lives Matter, Antifa and all that, you know, this kind of Bolshevik takeover of government, which is kind of the image of, of progressive government as it's as it's manifesting.
Folks, another quick break. A lot more politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Ever in an accident, someone hits your vehicle, it's damaged in some way, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401 401- 272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Our segment is politics this week. Justin, there was another story. Finally, uh, they've gotten some answers on this Warwick firefighter situation. And again, I, I am surprised that that did not make more waves in the public outcry. Basically, this audit that was finally done, and I give credit to activist Rob Cody that first, I think, broke it. But they, uh, the firefighters, they basically grabbed close to 400000 in overtime that they would not deserve. The firefighters just say, oh, it's it's all interpretation of the contract. But I um, this is another example. And, and you don't hear, I didn't see one public official step forward and say, Boy, that money should be paid back to the taxpayers. Yeah, or and not even you know we need to figure out who in government let this happen. I mean that's what's, right. Even even in the best case scenario, what you have is contract that makes that that is un, un, cannot be enforced as written without without well it just can't be reinforced as written because it's con- self contradictory. Uh, and nobody in the negotiation said. Wait, what do we? What do? Let me let me look at this really closely. <laughs> you know, you're paying lawyers. You've got a mayor, right? How did nobody see this? I think that yeah. that's more stunning things. And then on top of it all, you find out that the accounting firm and I like Rob Cody. Rob Cody had a great great uh, statement on that. I mean, they paid this accounting firm six figures uh, to to come up with a report. And Rob said they they mainly used my my data that I gave them for free. They could have just asked a math teacher and gotten a gotten a free. Ec- estimate for how much it cost that's right but this this firm had connections with the city council president and so it's if this sort of stuff doesn't generate a a kind of a localized tea party outrage at at the way the corruption of government i mean that's the big i mean ken block who's done a lot of good work on this too says that this is that this is really theft from the taxpayers and right. I, I tend to agree, uh, but it was, it was theft where showing how unions kind of run both sides of the table. So they get the city to agree to things they shouldn't agree to. And so everything looks legalized. It's sort of like when, when journalists look at studies of, of uh, state corruption and they say, see, Rhode Island's not that bad. We don't have a lot of arrests and stuff like that. Well, that's because we've made it le- legal. <laughs> we've legalized corruption in Rhode Island. That's kind of what we, what we see here, but at some point you've got to, people have to step up and say, you know, put Rob Cody on their, their shoulders and say this is this is not acceptable. We can't have we can't have the the city government, the mayor's office, and all the attorneys missing obvious contractual stuff, and then having side letters that resolve it by by giving away more money rather than fixing it in a way it seems like it was clearly intended to be, um, which was saving that $400,000. So you can't have that. And you can't have the city council president hiring auditors to investigate it, who they have connections with on their campaigns. It's just, it's, it's just, it's craziness. (laughs) And the, but it, but it's, 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 it's a shame. It's a good sign, but it's also a shame that in a city, the size of Warwick, you really have, basically two activists who, who unearthed this, uh, that should be, that number should be a lot more and there should be a lot more in every city and town. And those people ought to be plugged into, to pre-existing political campaigns. I mean, we talk 
periodically about what the state GOP is doing and that kind of thing. But they, this is really a, an obvious area where there ought to be more cooperation, but there's not. So it's almost like everybody in government is corrupt and coordinating and everybody who has an eye on the, the, the pocketbook for the taxpayers and a rule of law is not coordinating. And so you, that's, you get Rhode Island basically. Uh, and Justin, finally, uh, the governor's former chief of staff, now Tony Silva, more came out about that. But uh, it is interesting that basically as soon as he, they announced that he was retiring, and, and let's face it, the investigation is still going on. But uh, and that is is the norm that basically the headlines have kind of, you know, left with his resigning or stepping down or retiring from state government. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's worth noting he, he didn't this wasn't just like a graceful retirement. I mean, he he's, it appears he's getting a fine for setting up a, a fake construction company. He, he left a part-time gig he had with the city. Uh, I mean, it was like a, a snowballing. He, yes. he took, and, and I think he's giving the property, he's donating the property to the town now. I mean, this is, this is like a, a runaway, you know, Sir, Sir Robin bravely ran away. You know, he's, he's running away. Please don't come after me. And it's, that's not a, not a good look at all, but, but I found especially kind of, well, it shouldn't be, but it should be surprising, but it's not really. Is the next pick from McKee is Antonio Afonso, whose law firm had to pay a multi-million dollar settlement over the Thirty-Eight Studios debacle, which is which is just mind blowing. I mean, you're you're trying to, as the governor, you're trying to walk away from a scandal a year before a primary, uh, less than a year before a primary election, and you, you're appointing somebody who's got carries a Thirty-Eight Studio stain. It, it's really, is there really nobody who isn't stained who's qualified for these positions in Rhode Island. I, it's, it's just craziness, but you can expect the, the headlines will go away until there's every now and then we'll get one that's updated. Um, but I, but yeah, the scandal will, will fade a bit. Folks. He's the managing editor at anchorising.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, great job. We'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Everybody enjoy your weeks. Mega logistics. They're there to help you give them a call today. 401. 401- 431-2300, MEGA, MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300, 401 431 2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, the easiest thing to do is log on to my website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Now, there you can, if you want to listen to the program, listen live. You can also contact me that way. That's the easiest way to get me an email if you'd like to advertise on the show. We also have all our links to social media. We have uh, links to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram are also on YouTube. You can also read many of the exclusive stories that we do. We have exclusive video. You can also shop and get some of the merchandise. And at the same time, if you ever miss an episode of the John DePietro Show, if you ever miss a segment, you just log on and right at the top, it says radio show. Click onto that. It'll bring you right there and you can listen. It's all in a library fashion. It all starts by logging right on at DePietro.com. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist. Yankee Tree Service, they provide various tree services, including tree removal, pruning, land clearing, stump grinding, and bobcat service. Check out their website, yankeetreeservice.com. Whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding, Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape 
without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote. 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com. provides high quality fair pricing exceptional service residential commercial seal coating patios get your driveway paved letter j j perry paving 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving residential paving seal coating patios and general masonry projects j perry paving they offer free estimates call them today at 401 732 1730 401 732 1730 you can also find them on facebook it's j perry paving get your driveway paved and if you're a veteran no one has a better package for veterans than j perry paving whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed j perry paving has your back check out the benefits of investing in asphalt paving affordable smooth safe to drive on aesthetically appealing asphalt can be recycled reused call them for a free quote today 401-732-1730 j perry paving license insured contracting company they will meet your needs no matter how big or how small and no one treats veterans better than j perry paving call them today 401-732-1730 401-732-1730 for j perry paving Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega MEGA, Mega truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates. FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer pickup and delivery. 24-hour mobile service serving rhode island and massachusetts it's mega truck and trailer repair call them today 508-336-2110 24-hour mobile service and also abs repairs brakes doors listen if it's on a trailer mega truck and trailer repair they can repair it call them today 508-336-2110 508-336-2110 it's mega truck and trailer repair 